0: LifeWay Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network G'day, I'm Scott Sanders I'm Derek Hanna Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel center ministry every week Now, we always kick off by saying g'day G'day. And just for those who are not in Australia who are listening to us, because there's a few few people out there who listen overseas, that is actually, it's not just put on so that we can say we're Australian. Yeah, out, mate. It's actually, it's actually what we do here in Australia. Is that right,
1: Derek? We you're do from, greet each other, You're from yes. Redneck, Wonderland, Brisbane. Is that I true? I am. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, we only know three other words other than g'day what in Brisbane. What are they? I can't tell you. them. You've <laughs> got to come to Brisbane to find out. Yep.
0: <laughs> well, the one thing is brought to you with thanks to the Geneva Push, the Australian Church Planning Network. We're also part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. We'd encourage you to check out their page on iTunes and see a whole bunch of other quality Christian podcasts that are available there. But for now, you've pressed play on episode number 87 of The One Thing, connecting your church to student ministry. Now, Derek, you you planted a a church in a university. Yep. Was Village Church connected well to student ministry?
1: Uh, Well, uh, that's an interesting word. Yeah, well, we certainly connected with uh, the local ministry and the AFS ministry, and um, well, what's called power to change now up there, and really had a really positive relationship with them. Um and so our experience was, was one of, of mutual uh, benefit and encouragement, but that's not always the case, uh, and it can be quite tricky to work out, particularly when you don't know the people who are necessarily working on campus or don't have strong connections with them, or your church may not be located near it either, and so the, the um, university students are travelling to and from there. So all those things can create quite a complex relationship, which is exactly why we've got Mikey, Lynch. Mikey Lynch today.
0: AFES, uh, UTAS worker down in Hobart. It's a great episode, we recorded again uh, live in Hobart, Uh, so listen in and enjoy. Uh, For those who don't know Mikey Lynch, Mikey Lynch is the senior staff member of the UTAS Hobart campuses. Uh, We've had him on a number of podcast episodes already, so welcome back Mikey.
2: Thanks for having me. Well actually, welcome to Hobart, we're doing this on location.
1: On location.
2: Yeah, so. It's beautiful here, (laughs)
0: 175 year old church we're in.
1: Yeah. Does it feel like that to you? It does. The carpet is carpet
0: is probably only 35 years old.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> genuine genuine RSL. So this party. is the
2: church I became a Christian through um, and a church that partnered that actually partnered with the AFS ministry here at UTAS. Um, and brought about that shift of the modern AFES movement in Australia of the the full-time senior staff. That kind of began seeded out of this church where they employed an evangelist from the UK, Peter Woodcock, to come and work part-time here as an evangelist, part-time at the campus ministry, who then handed that work over a few years later to Samuel Green, who became full-time AFES staff. So this this church is important in my life as well as in AFES uh, Hobart's kind of recent history. Anyway.
0: And then and then Sam Green handed over that ministry to you, which you're now leading.
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I was, I was converted in part through this church and through the AFS ministry, and then I, I sat under Samuel Green's ministry and was a student president at uh, the Christian Union here in Hobart as a student and then I helped start a church, partly the fruit of the, the ministry again at UTAS uh, here at St. John's, uh, and then came back uh, in 2010 as a staff leader for the team, yeah.
1: So we want to dig into that tension there you've that you've
2: identified. I've been on both sides of it, yeah, yeah as a student and as a pastor and as a staffer for AFS, yes, yeah, and, and and still positive, you know, like I didn't, hear, there wasn't, there wasn't anger there, there wasn't. Anger no rage. way, man. Yeah, no, I've I've seen it hum, seen it work so well. Yeah, yeah.
1: So as we dig into that that tension between local church ministry and mm. AFS ministry, well, yep. where we want to end up is a point that actually we're, we're trying to work out what the connection is between those two in a helpful gospel centered way. Absolutely. Breaking down some of the competition. Now there's lots of congregations with university students in here, uh, in them. Uh, regional churches might see the university students disappear for a few years and, and hopefully come back. But in your experience, what you've seen, how do churches and AFS ministries or equivalent work best for to grow people, to reach people, for gospel ends?
2: Yeah, there's a tension, of course, but uh... There doesn't need to be a negative tension. You know, something can be tricky, problematic without being a problem. It's just a tension that needs to be handled well like a whole lot of tensions, um, and I think if handled well, it's a total win-win uh, for the church, for the campus ministry, but more important than either, for the kingdom of God. And I think that's the, th- that's the, the thing that we've got, especially out of our kind of 18th century evangelical heritage, is the minister- you know, the world is my parish. The ministry is bigger than my local church it's bigger than any company or organization or not for profit and so i think that mindset that's the key thing to go we're about building the kingdom of god through the making of disciples I think that's the the bottom line thing, and so having that generosity of spirit, and the campus ministry has to have that, and the church ministry has to have that, and then the really key thing is to talk, <laughs> talk to each other. The, um, there was a Losange did a thing about church parachurch relationships where they said it almost got embarrassing. The more we interviewed missionaries and campus ministries and parachurches, the thing that just kept coming up again and again was just good communication. Mm. Uh, it's embarrassing, but it's simple. Through Because of suspicion, because of laziness, because of a whole bunch of things, we just don't talk to each other. And if we talked and negotiated, we'd get that win-win. And that's definitely what we saw here. So
0: that that requires work from the AFS staff worker. That requires work from the local church. But I imagine the communication, it's got to be two-sided, but generally it's the AFS staff worker that's working hard on those relationships. Or would you encourage a local church to be, you know, seeking out the local universities? trying to build those relationships so there's that reciprocation of ministry.
2: Yeah, I think we've got to get over this. Your responsibility is to work together with God's people to to reach the lost and, and build the church. And and that means working in your church with your elders or your parish council or whoever. It means working within your denominational structure. It means working with the other churches in your neighborhood. It means working with the other national organizations and the local that's just your your job. Mm. Know your land, know the ecosystem you're within. And don't say you're too busy for that because that's what—that's your responsibility <laughs> is to do that. So you've got to figure out how to make that work uh, to fulfil your responsibilities denominationally, locally and regionally. And part of that is the student ministries, the student life and the AFES and, and the OCF and whoever. They are part of the, the environment of God's people you need to work with and with groups that are close to you doctrinally and uh, in terms of ministry philosophy. Of course you should seek, you as the pastor, you as the church planner should seek to work with them. And as a church planner, when you're desperately trying to build something, um, it can be tempting to just do everything that can build a critical mass to get your thing off the ground. But that that's cynical long-term. Start the way you want to continue, which is to build a healthy ministry, not in competition and kind of ravenous monopoly of your resources, but in partnership. And so, yeah, you initiate the relationship with the, with the AFS staffer just as much as they ought to be initiating that relationship with you.
1: We'll come back to Mikey in a moment, but right now it's time to talk Lifeway Leadership. Uh, We are proud, as you know, uh, the One Thing's part of Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network, and this is a good chance to point you to one of our other partner podcasts. This is one of our favourite ones. New Churches Q&A podcast, Daniel, Ed, Todd. Two of our favourite Americans, our favourite Canadian, uh, look, as part of the LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network family, they've recently covered topics like how to make uh, your leadership pipeline relational. so That's not just mechanism. How to attract and engage new people and growing your congregation deeper. So just look up new churches, two words, new churches, on your favorite podcasting app and see how good it can be. All right, let's get back to the topic. So we've got six people who listen, but one of them happens to be an A. <laughs> what... What would you say? You're an APS staff worker. What do you do for local church? Because you go to a local church, and are yep. engaged, but there's more churches around, including the one we're sitting in at the moment who have yep. good gospel centres. What do you proactively do in order to engage? Other than, take,
0: other than take my best people, you know, other than you know, ask me for money all the time?
2: So it's breaking down the all or nothing thinking. Instead of saying, give me your people for three years and I'll give them back to you later, all trained up. That's an all-or-nothing like, thing. I don't
0: do any training in the local church? Yeah,
2: exactly. That's, it's off. And, and I mean, you're taking the people who are often best for band, best for kids' ministry, mm. you know, um, at, at that all-or-nothing thinking, the AFS staffer has got to stop being greedy and undisciplined with their programming. The church has got to not be all-or-nothing. And, and the church, often their undiscipline is hyper-committed Christian union student, um, weighed their commitments carefully, then at the last minute the disorganised minister says, oh, I need you to do the music for the Easter services. Dutiful young student couldn't possibly say no to the senior minister and so at the last minute takes on all this extra work, calls up the the AFES staffer and cancels commitments that they'd made months ago because senior pastor Trump's AFES staff. Mm. And actually if the minister was more organised and planned Easter earlier... And then communicated well with the AFS staffer, you could have had a win-win. Yeah, it's that. So it's it's, it's We begin way back in like May. We start brainstorming May June who we want to invite in student leadership. We talk with them with clear documentation about expectations and commitments. Uh, we invite. We ask. You have to have a letter of recommendation from the leadership of your the church in the city where the, you're studying. Mm. Can't be your home church. Way back in the country. Western Australia or whatever—it's got to be, um, you know, the church who's actually with you during semester. They've got, an, in other words, they have to know you've been asked, you know, and you have to have a church. <laughs> you can't actually join our team unless you're a very new convert, unless you've got a home church. Um, and and that then begins the conversation with the pastor, with us, um, uh, with them, them figuring that out. And then there's a negotiation. Well, I can, but I do want to help with youth. And so does that mean? And then we say, well, let's get out the calendar. Let's, you know, and it's a bit of. Bit of both. Just as you students do this all the time with their part-time jobs mm. and with their futsal or their roller hockey or whatever else, where they'll go, Well, I can't be at Bible study every single week because there's a few times I have to give my apologies. And so it's a similar kind of mentality, going a few times I might have to give my apologies to campus. Another few times I might have to give my apologies mm. to the church. And so in that in that in-between space, there's a whole lot of give and take. But we proactively say we are committed to the local church. Uh, the Christian Union is not the local church. It has all the things theologically that it could be a local church, but it's not constituted as one. And so, you need to join a local church because we're not one, and you need to be involved in it because we're not one. And we will restrain our programming to enable you to do that, and and we, you know, all these kinds of things. Yeah. So,
0: so the uni church, you know, the the uni church gets. Get started on you know on a sun you know yep. on a Sunday now that's been a, that's that has been a phenomenon. Mm. Um, you know if you're clo- if you're a church that's close to university, you you obviously feel that if a uni church kicks off. Yep. Um, but, you know what what what's the what should the response of a local church be to a uni church starting?
2: So any church planter, first of all, let's talk about the uni church planter or the you know uni church service congregation yep. planter, yep. um, or any church planter. In a in a regional town or anything, you need to have a force field that pushes away church shoppers. Yep. And sadly, too many church planters don't. Oh, and too many big established churches don't. If you want to come and tell us how much your last church was terrible, we'll lap it all up, sign you up. You know, hey presto, no, nah, it's terrible. Instead, you should be saying, oh, you got another church? Well, you should go back to your other church. And I might get on the phone even or on the email or actually check with your partner go, what's going on with Scott? You know, he's he's been hanging around a bit and, you know, the pastor might say, oh, yeah, well, look, you know, uh, actually he's he's got a bit of extra time and he's harmless and that's fine and whatever. Or he might say, yeah, actually, you know, that's we've noticed that being – you know, so you, you, you begin the conversation. Mm-hmm. Church planners should do that. You should actually repel people who are just sh- church shopping and have a, a high bar before you accept someone from another church. Um, and so, yeah, with a with a uni church, um, yes, a church may well custom tailor one of its meetings on a Sunday, especially to fit a time and a culture and a style to connect with uni students. But it must not therefore easily allow itself just to become the it church in town and greedily suck up every university, student. every uni student. You should send them back and go, hey, if you're already in a church that's a healthy church, serve there. Don't don't come here. Or if you're in the morning at that church, don't come here in the evening to double dip. You're consuming our resources, our welcoming, our snacks. Use that extra time to study <laughs> <laughs> or read John start or something else. Don't don't church shop yeah, with that, us.
0: That is hard to do because,
1: you know. We church get greedy. Point, you're, you're, yep. maybe and desperate. Yep. It. Yeah, yeah. And Because it can be captured as well in a, a very missional mindset that if I come to uni church here, all my friends who are living on campus or living around here, it's a much easier ask for me to come to this church than my church, which is 10 k's away. Yeah. And so there's it even a missional argument you could make for that.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, and, and, and that can work all right. So, I mean, there's, there's two ways that could work. One is there may be times when you do, not for disciplinary reasons, but for strategic reasons. There's nothing in the Bible that says you have to attend the same church forever, until you die. Mm. So you could say, actually, for this season of life, I am going to move churches in order to be fruitful for the kingdom. And I've known, actually, of some small struggling churches who've said to their students, you're not going to really thrive here. We're we're small and we're old, and we'd love to have you, but we also want to release you and let you find a church with more of your peers where you can really flourish. That's that's pretty courageous to do, but that comes back to that initial point, doesn't it? The kingdom mindset Mm. instead of the local church only mindset, you know, so that's pretty impressive, pretty rare, but it should be less rare. Um, so sometimes it is okay to say, yeah, you know what, all things being considered, I mustn't let loyalty to my to my current church to hold me forever, when actually, I, you know, um, but a second thing is, um, uh, you could also just use the uni church to evangelize, don't go there all the time. But when your mate is actually coming with you, go. That doesn't mean you have to go every week. The reason you're going every week is because there are pretty girls there. That's why you're going every week. <laughs> um, no, no so you, when you actually have the non-Christian to bring and it's actually missional, by all means, use the happening church. Yeah, that makes sense. That's fine.
1: Yeah, yeah, sorry. I was just thinking where...
2: where AFS has got a policy that the senior staff on the campus can't also be a church planter, but it often does partner with... One of the ways that we partner in terms of... Facilitating affordable ministries, bivocational ministry. One form of vocational ministry is like Peter Woodcock, who worked for St John's here, and with AFs. So the bi- he wasn't mowing lawns; he was working for a church. And so there's a lot of AFs staffers who are like that. And as long as you're not the senior staff member on the campus, you could theoretically, I think, the way AFs policies sit, potentially be a church planter and a part-time AFs staffer. And and what they've tried to do there is capture both the bivocational flexibility thing while also offsetting that conflict of interest where hopefully the senior pastor doesn't have that – sorry, not the senior pastor, the senior, you know, that's campus staff member who can then rein in the others on their team if they sense too much of a favouritism for the church plan. I think that's a pretty smart compromise Mm. because it does get a little tricky if the the senior guy is also running the church. It, it, It becomes a little harder to make decisions in the interest of all the churches around the campus, I think. Yep. Can I ask, as my question, I'm not sure,
1: do you have any models across Australia you've seen work really well in this aspect, churches and universities working well together for gospel ends?
2: Well, I th- I think it has been really healthy here for a long time in Tassie and, and it has been something that's been deliberately thought about and talked about for, for quite some time, both the campus ministry and the local churches. So so here's the place I know best. I'm not saying it's not happening elsewhere similarly, but but I know, I know here best and I think it, we have sought to do that. We haven't necessarily done it perfect because you know, there's always always things you could have done better, but I think we 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 strive to do the best we can for sure.
1: Hmm. Yep. What's your one thing, Mikey, about church and AFS and how we can make it work for the gospel?
2: Okay. I've got two halves of one thing. So one thing A is uh, communicate and negotiate AFS staff with pastors, pastors with staff and with students. Uh, the one thing, B. This one's a little free bonus. <laughs> one thing is that kingdom mindset. That, you know, let's work together for the cause of the kingdom. The universal church is greater than any one local church, and so let's have that mindset. So there's there's my one thing. <laughs> That's
1: good. We'll give
2: you that. Well,
0: thanks for uh, coming on the one thing, Mikey. Yeah, pleasure. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. But before we go, we just want to draw your attention to Blackboard Church Management software. Blackboard Church Management is the only church software backed by the world's leading cloud software company, Powering Social Good. This enterprise-level solution goes beyond just managing your church. It seamlessly connects your church to your ministry, all in one platform. Blackboard Church Management connects your staff and congregation, ensuring deeper relationships and effective ministry. So to find out more, visit blackboard.com, B-L-A-C-K-B-A-U-D.com and search for church management.
1: Thanks for joining us for another episode of The One Thing. Coming up in our next episode, our Christmas present to you, our listener. We're going to identify the church planning trends of the last 10 years. And we're going
0: to tell you one thing, or maybe a number of things, mm. about those trends over the last 10 years.
1: All right. Well, I'm Scott Sanders. And I'm Derek Hanna. Chat soon.